You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Breeders' Cup. Good morning. It is finally here. It's Tuesday, March the 14th, day one of the festival 2023. Nick Luck with you alongside Rishi Passad coming to you from the Fitzdares Club, tucked just around the corner, deep in the orchard here at the festival. It's the poshest part of the track, there's no doubt about that. It's a, a place that is suitable for my guests today, particularly as we are toasting the opening of the Cheltenham Festival with a, what is it, Rishi? Uh, Night Timber 1086 Cuvée. Here's to Cheltenham. That's what the, the wine tips has told me. Cheers. A little bit early for this, do you think? No, never. <laughs> All right, today is the day when a horse comes to the race course burdened perhaps with more expectation than any other I can remember. It's not that he just has to win. He has to win by half the length of the straight to satisfy most race fans here. He's earned that burden, though. Constitution Hill is the horse I refer to, of course. He's earned the burden by what he's done in his career so far. In five starts to date, he has looked magnificent. There are no weaknesses, a lot of strengths, and there's the possibility of more to come, considering the fact that he's only had five runs. He's laid back, he's relaxed. Connections talk about how uh, easy he is to train. I can't see any weaknesses in him. Uh, the expectation on him, though, is extraordinary for a horse with just five starts over hurdles going into the champion hurdle. Stateman is a top-class hurdler. That, there is no doubt, but Constitution Hill is expected to beat Stateman and beat him by a country mile, which says it all. So what, in your opinion, is actually going to happen? The ground is now soft. There was more rain here overnight. Conditions are going to be quite testing. I mean, I, I suspect, if you remember when Constitution Hill won the Tolworth at Sandown... It's going back a long way, isn't it? It is going back a long way, but ground is no issue for him. That was pretty pretty horrid ground. Uh, he's won a good ground. So conditions are no problem for him. Um, he's been held up. He's made the running. So I suspect it'll be a case of, let's see how fast they go, and Nico de Boinville will take a position accordingly. And then when it's time, I mean, whether or not anything can lay up with him when he turns into the straight, a la last year's Supreme, when he turned into the straight and John Bond was a spent force, uh, I suspect it'll be something similar. I'd like to see something similar. And I'd like to see him go away from Stateman in the same fashion as he did John Bond. Whether that will happen exactly, I'm not sure. But if you look back at the times of his performances or his performance in the Supreme, and the relevant sections of the race in comparison to Honeysuckle's winning the champion hurdle last year. He was miles clear. Miles clear. A repetition of that today will probably do it again. Could you back him? No. Why not? No, because I... Because the way you're talking, yeah. it's like a 1-16, to 1-20. to 20, and, and he's yeah. available to back at, what is he now, 4-11? to 11? Yeah, but that's because I have... I can't remember... If I've ever backed a 4-2-11 shot since I was about 16. Um, and that <laughs> since might, you weren't allowed to that bet. Might, that might have been... If the, you were backing 4-2-11 shots when you were 16, well, I'm trying to remember, no, wonder, no wonder things have turned out as they have. Oh no, I'm trying to remember the time that West Indies lost to Kenya in the World Cup. Uh, and I think that might, 
that might have been the last time I did it. Might have been older then, um, but yeah, I because I don't I don't back anything like that. Um, I don't mind backing a favourite, but I wouldn't back anything that short. And that's a that's a rule more than the case of right. Well, I won't back Constitution Hill because I think. I mean, if I felt the same when Constitution Hill was four to five, I'd probably back him. Would you back distances? Would you back to win by more than? Yeah, I'd probably back. I'd probably back him to win by more than ten lengths. Just ten. I suspect Nico de Bonville is going to turn to the crowd and salute, so it might cost me a couple of legs at the end. <laughs> no? What sort of time do you think they'll be running this race in? Oh, is it going to be question. way over four minutes? Or That's not? a good question. You know, I'm just thinking how the race is going to be run. Like everybody else, I've run through the scenarios many a time. And there is one, one uh, particular scenario where you, I see Nico de Bonville going on and making the running. Whether that will actually happen, I'm not sure. So, it really is a, an up-in-the-air question. I mean, it's so hard to decide because I just don't know for certain who's going to make the running. And, but I, I don't think it will matter to the outcome of the race. But who's going to take the opportunity to risk, risk chasing a potential battle against Constitution Hill or would you rather run for a place? All right, a couple of things that struck me today. One is that today's a ridiculously big day for Nicky Henderson because so many of his big guns are firing. If he comes out of today with a blank, I think he's going to be, he's going to be in trouble. <laughs> Uh, the other point I was noting as I was going through the days is that Friday, I don't think there'll be a single British winner. And if there are going to be a few, they need to be on Tuesday and Wednesday. When I think there could be a few. More of that in a moment, particularly with the focus on John Bond. But first of all, let's hear from a man who's won a champion hurdle. He won it a few years ago on Rock on Ruby. He announced his retirement a couple of years later at this very venue, having had a, a wonderful career. And now he comes to Cheltenham as a syndicate manager with two serious chances on the first day, Tamuris in the Supreme Novices Hurdle and Love Envoy in the Mayor's Hurdle. He is, of course, Noel Feely, and this is how I found him a little earlier today. I've been pretty cool all week, and all the syndicate members have been all very excited, but I can tell you this morning I've sat in the field, feel the nerves a little bit, but um, it's just brilliant to have two horses today good enough to be taking part in such a it's just a fantastic meeting. So I think Cheltenham is the be all and end all for our sport. And um, it's like it's our Olympics and just be taking part in it is fantastic. I, I was trying to imagine all the people who might be that, that wonderful combination of just excited and very nervous this morning. Your name just was right at the top of the list because you've experienced the adrenaline. You've ridden so many winners at Cheltenham. You've won the champion chase. You've won the champion hurdle. You, know, you had that great moment when you retired as a as a rider at Cheltenham with that, that winner on, on Eglantine de Soy. And now... And now here you are trying to manage so many people's expectations and dreams and people who've never been there before. It must be a, an incredible feeling. Yes, uh, and I am trying to manage their expectations because I know how difficult it is to win at Cheltenham and I know how much disappointment uh, can be at Cheltenham. But um, at the same time, look, they're loving being part of having horses good enough to go to the festival. Some of them were never involved in a horse before. Some of them were never involved in a horse good enough to be even at the festival. So uh, it just the, the excitement is bringing them is fantastic to see. And, um, you know, hopefully we can we can go and get a result. We have two good horses and we may never have two as good, maybe. Um, so we got to enjoy it. Well, maybe it's beginner's luck. Maybe this is setting the bar for something very special over the years to come. We've talked about Tamuris and Love Envoy so much in the last few weeks. Now it's the morning of the, of the two races. What what are you feeling in your in your gut? You've got a pretty good instinct for these things. What what do you feel is going to happen today? Uh, the rain is is definitely a, a big plus for us. I think um, 
you know, I think Sandler was probably bordering on too soft for him. But at the same time, I wouldn't have wanted to see it quick because he might have been taken off his feet a little bit. But uh, look, it's a very, very good renewal, I think. Um, there's some very good horses coming from Ireland. Obviously, Willie Mullins is very, very sweet and fast out of Vega. He was a very, very good bumper horse. Um, but he did bomb out the last day. I think he's a bit to prove after the last day. Uh, L.A. Thompson is the one I thought maybe we would be the biggest danger, but um, Alfred has done nothing wrong. He's a graded winner going into the race. Um, I think he deserves to be there, and I think he's a great chance of being in the money anyway, hopefully. And Love Envoy? Love Envoy, uh, again, unbelievably hot mare's race. You're the last three champion horror winners in it. Um, it's, it's just such a good race, but she is in brilliant form she's had a brilliant preparation everything has gone smooth she looked like she was still improving at sand on the last day I, for me that was her best performance um i think she's still maybe improving a little bit she's probably the youngest mayor uh in there entitled to improve so again hoping for a massive run she she will run her race that's the thing she loves the soft ground she will run her race so um yeah hoping she's bang there Noel Feely there. I'm Rishi's with me back in the Fitzdares Club here in the Orchard, day one of the Cheltenham Festival. We've got the... What, remind me what it is again? <laughs> Night Timber. I've never been very good at numbers, though. <laughs> 1086. 1086. Thank you very much. The 1086 Night Timber. Ka-ching. What does 1086 mean? Well, we can we can ask Sophie from Night Timber, who is here. Sophie, come and... Sophie, what's 1086? Come and join us. No Tell way. us what, what 10, what's what 1086. What's 1086? Start Cheltenham. Sure. Uh, so 1086 is, uh, is a reference to the first Sunday Night Timber estate where our vines were planted was mentioned uh, so it actually goes back the origins go back to the doomsday book uh, where oh, wow. night timber was mentioned under its anglo-saxon name of knee timbre har meaning new timber or new wood um, but yeah and so what a way to celebrate our prestige cuvee which was actually england's first ever prestige cuvee uh, and the pinnacle of our winemaking how are oh, you finding it Jen? it's lo- lovely even at this Incredible. well especially at this time in the morning <laughs> um particularly if you had a pretty good night monday night which obviously i counseled against yesterday <laughs> always take my own advice um, Sophie, what do you need to be granted a premier cuvee? What do you, what's the? Well, really, it's an expression of, of the pinnacle of our winemaking, the best that we can do. So, in in our well, in I guess in our case, uh, what we've done is we've taken the very best parcels, the very best wines that we make every year. So we're 100% state owned, which means we own all of our vineyards, but we divide them up into sort of 130 different sections. It means we have 130 different wines every year, and this will only come from the top four or five of that year. We've only made it twice so far. It also goes into bottle for seven and a half years on lees as well. So that really lovely toasty flavour uh, should hopefully be coming through. And we then age it for another four years before we release it to you. So limited production with the utmost care. All right, it is a, a, a toasty flavour. You need to be toasty. Say so it's extremely cold here at uh, at Cheltenham. But will you, will your pulse be quickened and will your blood be warmed Rishi by a, a good performance from John Bond this afternoon well, I was discussing this with you a, a little earlier Nicky Henderson big day for him big day for, for British trained horses yep. as well he, the market's gone super cold on this horse no he's nearly out to two to one on the exchanges as we speak and what time is it now uh, just before 10 o'clock I, I'm surprised that John Bond has been uh, disrespected I don't know if that's the correct word probably a bit too strong but I think the performance at Warwick was probably overplayed. If he hadn't run that sort of race, would he be drifting as he is now? El Fabiolo, yeah, he was good in Ireland, but he made a couple of serious mistakes. And I can't see him doing that again today and getting away with it. Are we going to go head-to-head here? 
I think it's a head-to-head. I know people are talking about... But are about... we going to go head-to-head? Well, are you El Fabiolo? A massive El Fabiolo. He's a, I think he's a monstrous horse. He's a monstrous horse. He's very good, but John Pond's already beaten and I th- him. I think the ground is a is a, is a a point here. Not because I don't think John Pond can handle soft or that El Fabiolo yeah. particularly wants it soft because yeah. it was quick and Ireland, but I think El Fabiolo's kind of physique, his strength, his power, his finish is going to be really well... I see. Well I see the today. case for El Fabiolo. I do see it, which is obviously why he's favourite. But John Bond wants he'll want further in time. He's a good it jumper. It seems that it seems that that's what connections are suggesting. The Warwick the Warwick run that people might have pointed out might have been a bit below par. I think it was just a series of circumstances colliding at the same time that led to the way that Calico went on and he was reined back, but he came back strongly and was well on top of the end. Um, I think he's a better jumper, touch wood, than El Fabiolo. He's a cleaner mm. jumper. I know he jumped out to the right a bit when dossing at uh, Warwick, but once he was put under pressure in the straight, he was straight and true, and I think that's that's the real John Bond. Like I said, he's got a verdict over El Fabiolo at Aintree, where, of course, El Fabiolo was still fresh, and John Bond had just come off the back of trying to battle with Constitution Hill, having sat handy to the pace that Dysart Dynamo sat. I, thought, I think he was a much better horse last season than that El Fabiolo. So we are going head-to-head? Oh, definitely. Okay. Uh, John Bond wins. All right. I think El Fabiolo wins. Right. Onwards to the Ultima handicap chase. Uh-huh. Um, a horse that has been tipped up by much better judges than me, including um, Brothers Dixon <laughs> in a racing TV preview the other day. It's Happy Go Lucky. Yeah. Oh, He's yeah. trained by, by Kim Bailey. He ran a really good race in the rehearsal chase behind Lompresso, who's sadly been sidelined since. And subsequent to that, he was a little disappointing cutting back in trip here last time. I put in a call to his trainer, who knows all about winning races at the Cheltenham Festival. After all, he won the Champion Hurdle and the Gold Cup in 1995, but he's won a few races since, and asked him how the horse was doing. And what chances he had today? Yeah, no, I think you can eradicate his subpar effort last time. I mean, he ran over two and a half miles, but it was far too short for him. He only... We, you know, it was a difficult one, really, because we wanted to go probably to Roland Merrick, and um, we didn't. Um, and we were praying we were going to get very soft ground for that day, which we didn't get. So he's had two runs on ground that's been water, which is not ideal for him. He ran very well first time out. Um, he's been struggling to find races for him ever since. So we, you know, we took the punt some time ago that we just aimed for the day and hope conditions came right. So he goes there a very fresh horse. He's got cheap pieces on for the first time. And the reason he's got those on is the fact that the two runs he's had, he was just a little bit careful with his jumping on the ground. So I don't know if if it might make a difference or not. If it does, it might make a big difference. But uh, very happy with him. He's in a good place. um, And now it's a question whether he can carry the weight and and, uh, see what happens. Uh, You've tasted great success at the festival. You also know that it's extremely hard to uh, get winners there, particularly nowadays. Um, The yard's been struggling for a little bit of form lately. Do you feel the corner is turning? Well, I, it's been a very difficult period. I mean, I sincerely hope so, but, um, um, you know, one never knows, really. Um, and, uh, you know, things have been going against us. I mean, the prime case is what happened in the bumper at, uh, at Sandown on Saturday when the horse suddenly decided to run into a rail. God knows why. Um, and uh, <laughs> you sit there and you scratch your head and you think, what's going to happen next? So I'd be very, very pleased if this horse could jump my last size in front or even in front. Yeah, and the point is... You get a good result here. Nobody remember. Nobody will ever remember what's happened in the last six, eight, ten, twelve weeks, will they? 
No, for one second. I, I mean, I remember that dear old Jim Jim Earl when he won the champion hurdle. Um, you know, he'd had a very quiet season. Everybody said, "What a fantastic season he has!" And that's the way cookie crumbles, really, isn't it? You re- remember for your last win, and if it happens to be a big meeting like Charlton, then it's it hangs there for a bit longer. Um, you're going to run two for gold in the plate, Chianti Classico in the Albert Bartlett. Yes, they both run. Um, again, Tuva Girls had a, a, a really tricky season. He's, you know, he was geared up for the big race at Lingfield, um, and uh, and that was abandoned. He won the race last year. He's he wants very soft ground. He hasn't had it, so he's going to get soft ground. And you know, there are so few races for him to run in. It's really difficult. So, you know, he's ten years old now. He can go along, and he's going to he's going to have visor on for the first time. Um, and um, yeah, no, he's in a good place too. So happy with him. And going on to Friday, we have a Chianti Classico. Well, he, he's an outsider, but I mean, at the end of it, he's had three runs. They've all been over two and a half miles. He's been crying out for three miles. Will it make a difference? I don't know. He's got to, he's got to improve quite considerably to be placed, but um, he's in a good. You know, I'm happy with him, but uh, um, it's a big ask for him. But it'd be great if he did run in the place. Kim, thanks so much for talking to me. Best of luck this afternoon. Well done. Thanks so much, Nick. Trainer Kim Bailey there. Good luck to him with Happy Go Lucky this afternoon. He's had a not a great time of things of late, and I think that would give um, the whole yard a massive pick-me-up if that horse was to win. And, and he's quite well fancied. What do you like in the Ultima, Rish? Uh, I like Oscar Elite, Lucky. Um, he's run well in the race in the past. In fact, his record at Cheltenham is terrific. Uh, he's obviously had his issues, but even though it was a very weak renewal at Ascot last time of that race, um, he did win very easily, and I... I like the fact that he comes into the race and off the back of a win at a venue that he has never run a bad race at. So Oscar Elite for me, I think he's only a pound higher than when placed in the race behind Corak Rambler last year. I can see you're, you're thumbing a magazine there that you've picked up here in the Fitzdares Club. What's That's that? Terrific uh, edition of Country and Townhouse. I don't know if you ever get a chance to to read this magazine. Some lovely pictures in it as well. There's a particularly good art. <laughs> Some lovely pictures in it. There are some lovely pictures in it. There's some lovely pictures in it. There's a lovely article on page 20 by Alice BB. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Alice BB is? Yep, I do. Excellent, because I wanted that explained to me. But there's some really good info about the Cotswolds. Excellent. Well, to tell us a bit more, uh, Country and Townhouse's Ellie Ricks is here. Um, lending their support to our, our podcast this week as well here in the in the Fitzdares Club because Country and Townhouse and Great British Brands, two of your, your titles, uh, Ellie, are here at Cheltenham really kind of showcasing the, the best of, of British luxury. How important is this week for you? Very important to us, Nick. Um, the countryside is deeply embedded in Country and Townhouse, hence the Country and Townhouse. Um, and this is the third time we are here partnering with the festival in particular the orchard to kind of make sure that we're bringing all of our readers from london to the beautiful cotswolds which we love writing about so much and we're thrilled to be partnering with fitstairs again in their partners bar within the orchard so people should come and see us and, and is this a week where you would expect to do you know, quite a lot of business this is a very important commercial week for you Yes, so lots of our clients are here. Lots of them are showcasing their beautiful collections in the shopping village, which everyone should go to. Fairfax and Favour, Holland Cooper, Really Wild, Troy. So it's nice to see them. Um, and then we'll, I'll be bringing them in here for a glass or two to, uh, to hopefully keep them happy and keep us working with us for a few more years. Rich? I have just discovered in Country and Townhouse 
a recipe for one of my favourite dishes. Can you believe it? Plantain. <laughs> You'd, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have laid you longer odds about that than Britain in the Pressbury Cup, a plantain recipe in Country and Townhouse magazine. Really? There's a, there's a recipe for plantain shakshuka. <laughs> All you need is one large plantain, peeled and cut into two centimetre chunks. How lucky is this? It cannot get better this week, possibly. What a great start to the week. Thank you, country and townhouse. Right. There's no easy segue, but is Honeysuckle going to bow out on a high today? <laughs> I Obviously, the heart would love to see her go very close to winning, would love to see her win. I feel, though, that she's going to come up short against... Personally, I think Marie's Rock will win the race. You're uh, still sticking firm to Marie's Rock. This was, of course, your fancy for the stairs hurdle. Indeed, yes. It was my fancy for the stairs hurdle. But I see their thought process with the ground softer than expected today uh, and then possibly softer than expected for the stairs hurdle. It's a tough ask to step up in trip in tough going uh, to go for the stairs hurdle, although it's not that high a trip when you consider she's been successful over two miles five and a bit a couple of times um, but today it should I mean if you look at the way she won in Ireland um, last season uh, at the end of at the end of last season and the way she won this race last year she's strong at the end of this particular contest here at she's very good in the in the rail keel I can't see how she gets beat today of course, the, the segue should have been from when Ellie was talking about luxury brands. Ellie, did you mention Boodles? Well, we've worked with them forever. They were one of our kind of first big luxury brands that came on board 15 years ago. Um, they work with us in every issue. Um, yeah, we, we love all that they do. and We're particularly thrilled for their partnership with Chuck. Excellent. Of course, they're sponsoring the Boodles Juvenile Hurdle. If you want hurdle. to me any jewellery, that's this absolutely afternoon. fine as well. We can make that happen. But you can make that happen by backing the winner, perhaps. Who's, uh, who should Ellie back in the Boodles, Rich? Um, am I allowed to give two in this race? Well, you can, you can take two. Okay, one I've mentioned, to, I think I've mentioned to you before in uh, Affadil. I know that the last run was very disappointing, but his previous two wins suggest that he's a very good horse. He had to run to get a, uh, to qualify, so get that. Um, so put a line through that. He's got form with cut in the ground. Uh, so I, I think given the mark that he, he's got, uh, Affadil will be on the shortlist. The other horse... And I think he was unlucky not to finish closer, maybe even beaten uh, Nuzret was Perseus Way. Uh, there's been a bit of money for him this morning. Um, the stable obviously had Bo Zenith win at Stratford yesterday. But I think it's, it's interesting that Bo Zenith misses Cheltenham. Perseus Way still comes for this race. Um, I don't think that the discrepancy, the disparity between the Irish horses and the British hurdlers are or is as significant as it has been. In that juvenile division, and of course, it's a shame, really, that there's only a smattering of British horses in the Triumph Hurdle. Maybe only, only two or three. Well, this week at Cheltenham doesn't just mean the world to racegoers, to fans, to punters, to owners, to trainers. It can mean an awful lot to breeders of horses as well, particularly stallion masters who could get a massive boost for one of the studs that they stand. Um, step forward, Chris Dawson this week, our Weatherby's Bloodstock guest from Nunstainton Stud in County Durham. Because, Chris, you're going to know your fate quite early on. Uh, a horse in the first race, the Supreme Novices Hurdle, Tamuras, is flying the flag for one of your stallions, Falco, and could thrust him into the limelight. How does today feel for, for, for you and all your team? Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Um, obviously, Falco's new to us for 
for this season. Um, I've been we've, he's a horse we've used in the past uh, on a couple of mares when James Gray of Elusive Bloodstock had him, and just a chat during the summer that I mentioned to James. Could we, you know, would he would he be interested in relocating Falco um, for maybe a year or two? Um, and James James was very keen on the idea. He'd obviously supported him with all his mares for a few years. Uh, and so he's come, and then since he since he's been here, um, he's had endless amounts of of good winners. Obviously, including uh, Tamuras, who goes yeah in the first today uh, and and has a live chance. So if if you know, wouldn't it be great if if he could win and and give give the northeast uh, a lift? Really, you know. Oh. What is it that you liked about about this stallion? Because he was a horse who had quite a bit of speed on the flat. He wasn't perhaps your traditional stamina-laden classic horse. No, um, obviously he's got plenty of size and scope. He's sixteen three. Um, he, he was a he was a miler, uh, but we we stood Trans Island in the past, who was also a miler uh, and had a lot of success with with his progeny. Um, so the fact he was a miler and had a little bit more speed than than possibly some others um, was very attractive to me. You know, pivotal. He's been he's by pivotal. That's a massive plus for me as well. Um, and I just you know we 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 just liked his his profile. He's he's had group winners on the flat and and obviously in his in his earlier days had Peace and Co that had uh, won at the festival. So, you know, he, he obviously was a very capable stallion um, and we were delighted to, 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 to take him. Just tell us a little bit of background about Nunstaint and Stud because your, your family is in the, and has been in the, in the sheep farming business. Yeah, we're, we're, we're very much still, still a working farm. Um, we kind of diversified in the, in the stud, stud area, stud business mainly through my dad and my mum having them three or four mares and sending them away to various stallions and dad was getting frustrated that they they came they came back not in full at times um and my dad's attitude as well i, I could have a go at doing that myself so we went and found our foundation stallion which was an unraced Fernando horse called dapper um and he was he's a half brother to Albanova and Alborada, which is Kirsten Rousen's great family. Um, and we stood him for, oh, maybe, I don't know, six or seven years, um, covering small small crops. Um, but very much at that point, the, the farming was still was still at the forefront. Um, we lambed 1,500 sheep. We have 50, 50 Aberdeen Angus cattle. Um, and that, gradually, the stood side has grown um and the farming side is is still very much there but my brother philip he's he's taken on that side now i've kind of took on the equine side really you've got other stallions as well now alongside falco oh, the one that interests me most perhaps is kingston hill who again unfortunately his, his big flag bearer at the moment irish hill just missed out on on a run in tomorrow's coral cup yeah so he, he yeah he was he was first reserve um he is in the martin pipe on Friday, I think it is conditional jockeys race, um, but again, I think he needs a couple to come out to get a run in that. Um, again, you know, a horse has covered covered big books in Coolmore um, before we got him, um, and again, because of those big books, we thought it was a good opportunity to to work with Coolmore and again reloc- re- relocate a, 
a classic winning stallion um, to the north of England. Um, and he's here again, he's, he's having a, a great season. He's had some Irish four-year-old point-to-point winners, which is great because, in a way, the point-to-point lads in Ireland kind of dictate how commercial your stallion's going to be. You know, if, if, they, if he's getting four-year-old point-to-point winners um, that then come through to Cheltenham and be sold and then go on into training... Um, it, it definitely helps. You know, he had a, a horse called Butcher Hollow in the last sale at Cheltenham. He'd won his four-year-old point-to-point and he made 200,000. Um, he's gone to Brian Cooper. Um, he looks uh, very much a horse to follow. Um, and again, he's, he's had a, a, a good spell with his bumper horses this year, including actually Shinji, who's in the bumper tomorrow. Uh, he's a big price, but... Um, you know, no, he's got some. He's got some very decent horses and, and covered big books. So there's there should be plenty more to come. And it's an amazing day for you because not only do you stand the sire of Tamuris, who's a big fancy, you also bred. I like to move it out of that that great Peter Saville, Mary Reevely family of of No Bratinetta and uh, and many more. Um, what what has his success story meant to, to to your family on a more on a more personal level? So he is very much a family, what we would call a family-bred horse. Um, I I actually didn't breed him. Uh, my brother John actually bred him with his my sister-in-law Alice. Um, John got the mare off off Keith Reevely, um and sent him to be covered, sent her to be covered by Trans Island, who we had at the time. Uh, and then I actually bought, bought I like to move it off my brother um, as a foal um, when he was being weaned. Uh, John actually wanted to buy a car for his family, so he said, "Would I would I buy the foal off him?" Which is what we did, um, and then we sold him obviously as a store horse to to Ian Ferguson, who bought him for Nigel, um, and it's just been a, a great journey to be on with him um, because he was he was very unbelievable. He, he ran, I think it was fifteen weeks after he was sold as a store horse. He won his he won his bumper at Aintree um, as a three year old. Uh, I couldn't even believe you know he was running. You know we, we had him long range before he went to the sale, but the fact that he came out and oh he just destroyed them in that bumper. Then then we've been excited about him ever since. Um, Nigel's obviously talked him up in the press um, throughout his time being with him. Um, but just you know as a little as for a little team. To have raised him on on our stud, um, you know, prepped him for the sales, took him to the sales, you know, it's very, yeah, it's it's great, it's it's a great lift for everyone here, and you know, we'll all be glued, we've all been glued to the television every time he's run, but more so today, everyone will be coming into the house and sitting around the television, and and you know, he he's going to be up against it to beat Constitution Hill, but wouldn't it be great if he could he could run into a place, um, and my brother. My brother actually has a half sister to him that's in foal at the minute, so he'll be uh, he'll be shouting him home on a, on a different level to us. What a what a great family success story it's been. Um, uh, keep up the the good work, Chris. Thanks so much for talking to us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much. Well, those of you who have been longer listeners to the podcast might remember that last year during the Cheltenham Festival, we uh, enjoyed the company of a resident artist for the first time. And I can welcome back to the show Liz Armstrong, who's once again exhibiting in the shopping village during the course of the, the four days. Liz, great to be back. Great to see you, Nick. 
And thanks for coming on my stand. Not at all. Always a pleasure to be here. Uh, and I'm looking at a wonderful new work that you've got exhibited. It's the centrepiece of your stand today. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. Well, this painting is inspired. It's called Young Guns. And it's, it's actually inspired by the young jockeys. Um, it's actually Harry Cobden on one of uh, Paul Nichols's young horses. And I just like the way the enthusiasm and obviously I use my contemporary colours, oil pigment on canvas. It's just about the urgency and the naivety of them taking off and coming forward. I, I love this. And, and for people unfamiliar with, with your work, just, just try and explain what you try to, to express in the sport, what you try and convey and how you try and do it. Well, because I think um, my father was an architect and I've always been very artistic and quite bohemian. I always like to think outside the box. I was taught from a young age to think outside the box. And um, I like to be different. I like to make a statement and I like to do what I want to do. Um, I'm not influenced by other artists, only very famous ones. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm, I just do my own thing and luckily I've got the imagination to do that. I don't need to sort of um, copy what other people do. And because I went to Goldsmiths, I use a lot of line, movement, texture and colour and a lot of, um, in a lot of my paintings I use um, cloth as well and yeah. horsehair. Yeah, texture is a big part of your work, isn't it? Oh, very, very much so, very much so. In fact, um, yeah, it is very much... I just like to convey, I think it conveys urgency, it, it's more meaningful. Um, I don't like all these very fine line detail, that's, you know, they're beautiful, people that paint like that, but I don't see it like that. All right, so this is Harry Cobden, who else have we got here, or is it just based on, on, on Cobden style? It's based on Cobden style, really, he's such a fantastic, he's signed a few of my uh, drawings, and he's got a really nice train of thought. He's just normal and he just gets on with the job. It's a job and he gets on with it and he does it very well. All right, Liz, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing whether Young Guns is still here tomorrow or whether it's, <laughs> whether it's flown off the shelf. Here it is. It's a, it's a wonderful piece. It's, it's 48 by 36, uh, Cobden and, and two jockeys flanking him coming right at you out of the canvas. Uh, beautiful work. Great to have you back as our resident artist. Liz, I'll be back again tomorrow. Thank you very much, Nick, and have a great day. Let's hope we get some fabulous winners. And do come on the stand. It's number 48 in the shopping village. All right, that's, uh, <laughs> that was uh, Liz Armstrong, our resident artist. You might have just heard Bobby Burns there from Fitzdares, who's, who's ambled in. A great bear of a man. A great, a great bear of a man clad in tweed. The Triple B. The Triple B. What? Bobby, Bobby Bear Burns. Bobby Bear Burns. Bobby. Bobby, Bobby, have you got have you got any useful useful betting nuggets to furnish us with, or is it still too early in the in the day? Um, I think if 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 Willie wins the first, we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Tell you what, <laughs> that's a tremendous nugget. That I mean, is... who who needs you know a bank of of a hundred odds compilers sitting in a darkened room in Rainer's Lane that's when such... you can have when when you when you can have insight like that? That's so good. Excellent stuff. That's so good. Is Willie going to win the first? I don't know. I hope not. Um, okay, who, who, are you, who are you with? I'm thinking today could be a good day for the Brits. And I've backed Tamaris each way. Okay, for the reasons we gave a little bit earlier on. And the final race, 
the uh, three mile six national yeah. hunt amateur race Gaia de Menil very short price favourite yeah backing Mr Coffee each way another one for my god there cannot be this many somewhere winners. today somewhere today there's going to be a British success well there's been some in the in the Fitzdares club that's for sure um, courtesy mainly of Sophie from Night Timber and, uh, and Neil Phillips the wine tipster who's with us and is going to keep us watered and fed during the course of the week though I clearly went and purloined this pile <laughs> of, um, of, of mustard uh, coated sausage rolls from the jockey club chalet next door at the wrong time because they were cold by the time I got my mitts on them um, Neil what can you tell me well, first of all, I've just got to say, Rishi and I, I, I agree with you on all your tips. I've, on, yeah, this is this is because Mr. Coffee, Oscar Elite, this is only really enhancing re- my confidence. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I really fancy Oscar Elite today. I really do, big time. It doesn't run badly, at China, uh, and no, not at all. Sir Alan and the Boodles for me, but there you Sir go. Sir Alan, I met the um, I met the trainer's brother yesterday, and the groom who's been riding out, an apprentice jockey on the flat who's been riding out. Sir Alan, and apparently he's absolutely buzzing here. Brilliant. He's going really well, and I talked to Danny Mullins about him as well, and he said he's a really hardy little horse, yeah. and he said the faster they go, the more trouble he gets himself into, he'll start latching okay, onto the bridle and really start finishing. He's, I think Chubb was going to suit him big time, so I really fancy him. So, we, but it's great, we've got food, we're having lovely night timber, 1060, I love it, and that would reading a magazine as well as Crabs Country and Town. I well, love had it. another great article. <laughs> oh, you have <haven't. laughs> another you great haven't. article now. From, from Anna Tysak? Yeah. Anna, Anna Tysak. I actually, I actually know Anna Tysak. Right. Uh, well, she's profiling my part of the world, the Caribbean. Yeah. And she's found a property um, that I'm going to have to have a look at. It's selling for 200 US million dollars. Two, that's 200, you read that as 200 million US dollars. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you read that. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's how... <laughs> That's how it sat with me. I couldn't even bring myself to say it with any sort of fluency whatsoever. My goodness. This is out of my league. Nothing's Uh, out of your league. But I'm enjoying the pictures again of Barbados. Looks magnificent. Shame Gary came back before you could get your mitts on that match of the day gig. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, where were we now? Yeah, so, <laughs> so what's happening? Look, we had uh, we had a soft opening yesterday of some of the restaurants here at Cheltenham with Core. We've got Claire Smith here for the first time, three-star Michelin chef, first female chef to get three stars. Rich is losing a bit here, but it's fine. Bobby's comment. <laughs> so. If Willie Mullins wins the first race, we're in trouble. I'm still buzzing on it. It's a good job Will Woodhams is still on the train, up here. Yeah, I think so. Um, and we've got Shea Roo here. But we've got 75 bars, 22 restaurants, 3,000 people working in hospitality. And importantly, anybody coming for a retail experience as well, being out on the course, go to the Corvega, have the burgers, great coffee on on the course here as well and I think that's the other important thing to say is look I think it's the best I've ever seen at Cheltenham in terms of rocking up for the retail experience really it's great and there's a lot of work's gone on that just about brings us to the end I think <laughs> okay um, thank you to Sophie from Night Timber uh, thanks to Ellie who'll be back during the course of the week from Country and Townhouse I'm looking forward to Lydia thumbing her way through there and on, on Friday same sort of articles I suspect she'll yeah. be drawn to similar, let's, have a, let's have a cheers similar sort of vibe And uh, we'll say cheers to day one of the festival. Back to do it all over again tomorrow. Bye for now. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. (laughs) 